When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. America's fastest growing TV brand, TCL, brings you Mackie and Judd. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Uh, I mean, it feels terrible. You know, obviously let my team down. Um, you know, credit to them. They they fought back time and time again, um, gave me opportunities, and you know, just to um, execute at the end of the day. And uh, you know, so it's disappointing for me, um, just personally, and you know that the, the team fought so hard and stuff. And you know, luckily we at least we came up with a tie. But you know, we, we expect to win that, and I expect to make those make those kicks to um, you know win the game for the team. What went into the decision today to let Daniel Carlson go? Did you see the game? Okay. Was it was it an easy decision? Yeah, pretty easy. All right, if you haven't heard by now, Mackie and Judd, by the way, is the show. If you haven't heard by now, Daniel Carlson has been uh, jettisoned by the Vikings. They've made the move. They cut him today. Uh, Dan Bailey, a veteran who is uh, who can actually kick and do his job, is going to come in for a workout. <laughs> Um, all right, let's play this again because it's funny, but I, I want to respond to this BS coming out of TCO Performance Center. What went into the decision today to let Daniel Carlson go? Did you see the game? Was it, was it an easy decision? No, pretty easy. Don't get haughty with me, Mike Zimmer. And Rick Spielman, same thing. Don't pull this BS because I saw Blair Walsh. I saw a failed SEC kicker cost this team games, and he had a good rookie year. But he was the same story as Daniel Carlson. You drafted him. You said you were reinventing the wheel. He was a fail. He he was a he was a player who struggled in his last SEC season, and then you brought him in because you could fix him. And in Daniel Carlson's case, you couldn't fix him. I saw the preseason game against Seattle when he, Daniel Carlson missed forty two from forty two yards wide twice in that game, and you got an. You basically were given a preview of what was eventually going to happen, and you had a chance to release him at that point. I saw the fear in Daniel Carlson's eyes whenever he attempted a field goal when his confidence had gone completely south. I saw that fear. So don't give me this now as in, well... What went into the decision today to let Daniel Carlson go? Did you see the game? Was it was it an easy decision? Yeah, pretty easy. Don't you dare get cocky with me. Don't you dare come around now and tell me, did you see the game? Yes, I saw the game, and I saw everything <laughs> that led up to that poor kid. And I tweeted this yesterday, and people didn't get it. Daniel yeah. Carlson had no business standing on Lambeau Field on Sunday. That's your fault, Rick Spielman. That's your fault, Minnesota Vikings. And 
I'm guessing Zimmer had no interest in seeing that, but nonetheless, you were the coach who didn't go to your GM and say, you have to cut this kid. So Rick Spielman, by the way, you're also not off the hook here. I'm glad that your hubris didn't take half a season or, God forbid, a playoff game for Carlson to miss a key uh, field goal. But you also kept this kid around, and because of that, you are now 1-0-1. One of the best comebacks I've seen orchestrated by your franchise, including a 22-point fourth quarter led by Kirk Cousins. Your $84 million investment at quarterback did not result in a victory because you were convinced, you were convinced that this kid could come in and kick when anyone with a brain told you this is a really bad idea. If you don't like Kai Forbath, go sign another veteran. So, Manny Hill, I don't want to hear any of this yeah. garbage from these people about how, oh, now we decided. I could. You could have called in my dog, Stella, three weeks ago and asked her, what do you think that we should do? And she would have barked out, you need to make a change of kicker. This really ticks me off. Here's my thing. It's 2018. And it's the National Football League. You know, we all like to say National Football League. Here's my problem with all of this. You traded up in the fifth round to take this kid. In an era of football where, here's what here's what you need in football today, Judd. You need quarterbacks. You need pass rushers. And you need guys who can protect quarterbacks from pass rushers. If you have a good, solid kicker in place, why are you trading up in the fifth? I don't care if it's the fifth round, the first round, whatever. Why are you trading up for a kicker? When you have other needs on your roster. Now, look, you went and got Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying you needed a quarterback or anything like that, but you could have got another offensive lineman. Because? You could have gotten another linebacker, another corner. Because at the end of the day. Another wide receiver because somebody, your third wide receiver right now, likes to drop passes. Because at the end of the day, Rick has this, and Rick has done some good things. Let's trade up to get a kicker in the fifth round. This is not dismissing what he's done. But at the end of the day, I've covered this guy for Just a long time. Just trying to time, be too cute, and man. his and his his ability to try to be too cute, and then his inability to say I made a grave mistake here. Yes, cost him, and you cost yourself what should have been a win. And I'll tell you right now, the feeling among both the Packers and Vikings after that game on Sunday was that both teams had lost. You cost yourself the ability to be two and zero to have a divisional win in. Lambeau Field, and to set a what would have been a definite tone for the entire 2018 season after your $84 million investment did exactly what you have been begging for a quarterback to do forever because you got cute at kicker and you were given a preview in that preseason game, in the third preseason game at home, U.S. Bank Stadium, no conditions affecting this poor kid at all. You were essentially told you need to cut him now, and you still didn't do it, and now you're going to... Sign Bailey. I think uh, Zim said he's coming in for a physical, and that they are that they haven't signed him yet, but they probably are going to. But this is this is the downfall of Rick Spielman in a nutshell. And you brought brought this up, Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell is a bust. All right. Now you signed another wide receiver today, a veteran, because you're hoping to bump Laquan back down that depth chart. But what happened yesterday in a key game at Lambeau Field again? Same as with Carlson. You had a situation where he had six passes thrown his way. He dropped three of them and deflected one into a touchdown. Ding, ding. Four-man rush. Cousins intercepted. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix has got it. I got to catch the ball. You know, that's the number one thing the receivers do, catch the ball. 
Aldrick Robinson, come on down because you are a guy. <laughs> Nineteen catches last year with San Francisco um, for two hundred sixty yards in sixteen games. They just signed him, and I saw a national report said to add depth. It's not to add depth; it's to try and bump Treadwell down the depth chart. He can't catch the ball. The indict. Okay, so let's play a game here called "What's the Indictment of Your Football Career." Is it that Laquan Treadwell dropped and or tipped into an interception three of six passes on Sunday? Or is it that he caught a touchdown? His first in the National Football League. Isn't that amazing? That That's as big of indictment as anything. Isn't that, that, that was amazing? Just, yes, it the is. The kid catches his first career touchdown, and nobody's talking about that because of those abysmal three drops that he had. One of them, the, the third one, complete was just completely inexcusable. Cousins threw it right to him, went right between his fingertips and right into the hands of HaHa Clinton Dix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Well, once again, why are you here? Once again, you're if you are a wide receiver and you can't catch the football, why are you here? Because your GM drafted this guy in the first round, and in Carlson's case, he traded God, a couple right. sixth round picks to, I believe, the New York Jets to trade up into the fifth round to get him. It is all geared towards ego, hubris, and the inability to say. I either well what what you would like what you would like especially in the case of Carlson is the ability to say I've got this wild idea and my special teams coordinator once again is pressing me to do it but I'm not going to do it there's no way I'm going to do it there's no way so I applaud I do applaud the fact that when it comes to Carlson Manny Hill the Vikings at least made the decision quickly because when Collar and I were driving back from Green Bay last night, he said, I don't think he's going to cut him. I don't think he can. I don't think his ego, Rick's ego, can allow him to cut Carlson. And at least they did that. And if they sign Dan Bailey, at least they're going to have a veteran kicker who's not going to want to puke every time he attempts a field goal, and especially a big one. But this is going. this very well could come back to bite the 2018 Vikings right in the ass. And... If it does, this should not be forgotten that this is a a mistake that you have to put on the GM and nobody else. Because there's no way on God's green earth that Mike Zimmer, who I think despises kickers, Manny, no way that he would ever be, that he would say to himself, you know what, this is a good idea. Let's take a rookie kicker. The only thing I sensed yesterday in Zim's postgame, I did sense this odd calm. And Rick was in the back of the room. And the question was asked, are you going to have to make a move at kicker? And Zimmer deflected the question. But my sense of that was the decision had been made. It's just that it came one game and four plus quarters too late. And that is yeah. a and that is an absolute shame. There was no way to. The other thing about why they absolutely had to do this. Carlson's teammates did their best on Sunday to be as supportive as possible. There yeah, I saw was, a quote from Stephen Weatherly or something. Yeah. That were, you know, guys are still behind him. Thielen said, when I was a rookie, I was terrible. The difference was they could put him on special teams and ignore him. He didn't yeah. have to make key plays, key kicks. So there was no way that you could go into that locker room on Wednesday and sell this again. You're a Super Bowl team. You're paying your quarterback a guaranteed $84 million. This is a big deal. Over three years. You cut... Brian Robinson, a veteran who was beloved, as far as I know, in that locker room. Everything you've done since the Philadelphia playoff game has been to say, what's the next step? What's the next step that we can take towards making sure that we not only get back to the NFC Championship game, Manny, but that we get past that game to our first Super Bowl since 1977? And you could not go back into that locker room 
if you were Mike Zimmer, if you were Rick Spielman, if you were anybody, and tell those players, tell those players who are invested completely and are being told that we are a team that can go into Green Bay and win, which they could have, that can win 12 games, that can make a run to the Super Bowl, but your kicker is this poor 23-year-old kid who is scared out of his bejeebers. You, you couldn't do it. You, you couldn't sell it. it again. You can't do it. And and I'll go back to, again, I just don't understand why Rick Spielman had the, felt the need to do this in the draft. Why? I, kicker wasn't your problem. I, don't I mean, you, you had Kai Forbath, and look, Kai missed a few kicks last year. He missed a few extra points and, and all of that. But for the most part, he was fine. He, he drilled a 52-yarder in the New Orleans game in the playoffs. Yep. That puts you, that temporarily puts you ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, kicker was one of the least of your worries going into this season. Mm-hmm. And Rick just decided to be too cute and, ah, yeah, look at him. He's got the... He can kick at a 60-yard. It doesn't. I don't care how far he can kick a ball. If he can't kick it in between the uprights, yep. what the hell difference does it make? But this, is, this to me, had become Halloween or Friday the 13th in the sense that Blair Walsh gave you the preview, right? And mm-hmm. yet you're going to go into the basement again when there's noise coming from down there with the lights off? Why? At, at some point. Why? The Walsh thing. All right. The Walsh thing was misguided. It was misguided. And but it also came on a team that was coming off a bad season, and he had a great rookie year. Yep, the Blair Walsh thing ended up being a misguided decision. This was stupidity and hubris, and those things are very this, dangerous. This was, I did not learn from Blair Walsh. Yep, and this is the thing. This reeked of I did not I did not learn from Blair Walsh. Let's just broaden this out for one second too, because this is driving me crazy. <laughs> How many dumb teams right now are operating in this town? The Twins have potentially alienated for no good reason other than to be cheap a guy who could be a star in Buxton. The Wolves are going to meet with Jimmy Butler today? And they're not meeting with Cat? Oh, what they're are not you not meeting do- with the guy they really need to sign but, an what, extension. But once yeah. again, what are you doing? What are you doing? And meanwhile, the one team that seems to have its bleep together in this town, a really good team, decided to go into Lambeau Field hoisting its middle finger at the football gods and saying, <laughs> Daniel Carlson's a good draft pick. It's idiotic. Honest to God, Manny. I, and I don't know what other shows have said today. I know that we're the first show on this air. I don't know if people are drinking the purple Kool-Aid or, or, or try and uh, cover for these. I don't know what people are doing. But all yeah. I know is if you think about what's going on in this town and you're a sports fan and you're not PO'd, What's wrong with you? You should be 2-0. and Yeah. You play 16 games. Every last one of them matters. How that, can... I, I don't... I don't understand it. I mean, do I need to go around... Thing. Do we need to go around and drive around to Target Field, Target Center, and TCO and be like, you know, you got a lot of good things here. Just don't bleep this up. That's the unfortunate thing, Judd, is, you know, we're, we're not even talking about how terrific... Kirk Cousins was in the second half, especially yesterday. We're talking about this rookie kicker who can't make anything, and we're talking about this the third-string wide receiver who can't catch a pass to save his life. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. 
Uh, 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255. You're outside the Metro, 877-615-1500. Certainly, I can't be the only one who looks around at the idiocy surrounding us and says, this is stupid. Daniel Carlson cut. Mike Zimmer's reaction to it. What went into the decision today to let Daniel Carlson go? Did you see the game? Okay. Was it was it an easy decision? No, pretty easy. Mike, I also saw the Seattle preseason game, and the fact that you did not make the move after that game does not allow you any room for being a smart ass today. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley Oakley on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd rolls on. It's 319. A quick look at your traffic brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. 35E northbound. We have a crash uh, in between uh, 494 and 62. Look out for a crash there. That's over in Mendota Heights. Delaying things by a few minutes. Also, uh, 494, we have a crash between County Road 60, that's Baker Road, and Excelsior Boulevard in Minnetonka. Look out for a crash that's delaying things by about four minutes. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission to uh, of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. It's disappointing when you got an opportunity to win the football game there at the end and uh, you come up with a tie. It's better than a loss, obviously, but uh, uh, but I'm proud of the, guy, uh, the guys that we fought. We just need to continue to tighten some things up uh, when we go on the road play a good football team. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. Uh, hour one is Zolgad and Manny Hill. Phil will join at uh, 4 o'clock. Matthew Collar uh, will join the two of us at 5 o'clock for the football hour. 651-646-8255. If you have any thoughts about yesterday's game, including the fact that the Vikings um, went into the game with a kicker who had no business ever being on a National Football League field, at least for them. Hey, Jeff in Texas. Thanks for holding. What's up? Yeah, so um, first of all, Manny, let Phil know I didn't hang up on you guys yesterday. On the, I was the first caller on the pre-vent line. I'm driving around. I had to, oh, frustrating day. Anyway, I lost coverage, but that's not it. Then I called in on the actual vent line and cussed, and you guys cut me off. So. Yeah, we, we caught it in time. <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. No worries. No um, worries. I used to talk. So, um, how smart is Zimmer? How smart do you think he is? Because I was a little frustrated with the last two drives where they were going for a field goal and they like took the go for the touchdown, man. Like put push it down. You've got what are the what what did Diggs and Thielen do? Over twenty passes each and how, how many total yards? Two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty between them. I, I just felt like they especially after he had already missed two, why are you Playing and getting it to the middle of the field. I think he was like, okay, here you go, Rick. I'm going to show you. We need to get rid of this guy and pick up somebody. And I think Dan Bailey's a great pickup. I live here in Dallas, so I've had plenty of exposure. Yep. He's a good kicker. I don't know why Dallas got rid of him, just like, way we got rid of our kicker. 
Yep. I'll let you go. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, so I wonder if they let Bailey go for money reasons. They might have. And Bailey uh, Bailey did not have a great year last year. I think he was injured for a little bit, right? Right. He'd been very consistent up until that point. But he had a groin injury, and he was I think he suffered it in October of last year. And he was fine before that. Mm-hmm. And after that, he got back, and I think he missed his first extra point of his career and uh, was not as accurate, but he supposedly is fine now. Um, DiFilippo is the guy that calls plays. So I think Mike had zero to do with with where that ball was spotted. And I mean, they, the the kicker and the specialist asked specifically said, and a lot of guys do, we want the ball in the middle of the field. Yeah, ideally. Zimmer, Zimmer talked about so that. It was it was yeah. ideal. There, there's no no no. I mean, there's there's nothing about how that game came to a conclusion yesterday that should be faulted on anybody but Daniel Carlson. He's got to yep. make those make and the kick. And I go back Make the kick. Yeah, and I go back to Spielman because he's the one who put the kid out there when the kid shouldn't have been out there. So that was, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Zimmer didn't do this or didn't do that. Was it a clean football game? Absolutely not. That football game had a ton of mistakes. In a lot of ways, that game deserved to be a tie. That deserved to be oh, it totally a tie game with everything that happened in yeah. it. Yeah. But, totally to be but where but you had two opportunities there in overtime to win that game and you had a remarkable comeback and it, you're right Manny the story today should be one thing Kirk Cousins yeah Kirk Cousins play in he was incredible in yep. the second half yep he was he was unbelievable in the second half in the first half he was 14 and 19 for a very pedestrian 132 yards he was sacked once and threw a touchdown. Okay, that's not bad. It's just mm-hmm. pedestrian. It, it, there were times in the first half where I thought he was holding on to the ball a little bit too long. I did too. And, yeah. I did too. Second half just incredible. Second half in a OT of that game, 21 to 29, 293 yards, sacked once, threw three touchdowns and was picked off once. And that pick was Laquan Treadwell tipping it to Clinton Dix. And here's the thing. All right. Cousins' pocket awareness to me seems sketchy. Yep. So this is not saying that he's the perfect QB because he's not. But there were throws he made in the course of that second half yesterday where we have sat there before and seen other top-flight quarterbacks make those throws and said, why can't the Vikings have that guy? The 75-yard touchdown pass to Diggs, which was a great play, that pass by Cousins is the type of pass that we, for, well, really since Favre left, have seen other quarterbacks throw. Yeah. And then you say to yourself, as a person who either is a Viking fan or follows this team very closely, and for the most part say, the Minnesota Vikings do not have a quarterback who can do that. Yesterday, they did. The 22-yard touchdown pass to Thielen was dicey because it basically went between two Packers. But it also was the type of pass where, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit here. It was a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I don't know if that pass was. That pass, which ultimately then tied the game on the two-point conversion to Diggs, which was another beautiful pass. Yep. Those are throws we, for a long time, have not seen here. And it is not, an, sure, Keen, not sure Case Keenum makes those throws. I don't man. think he does. I, yeah. don't think, I don't think he can air out the 75-yarder to Diggs. And I don't know that he can have the proper touch. The one to Thielen had some touch. But those are the ty- those those are the plays that today should be about. Mm-hmm. You've got you started to get the return on your investment yesterday, and that's what makes this so frustrating, and that's what makes this feel, in lots of ways, like a loss. In fact, I asked Cousins post game yesterday about Carlson's bad day, and in trying to defend him because 
He was trying to be a good teammate about it. Yep. Cousins flat out talked about the Vikings' loss because that's how it felt. When I think when you work that hard, when you score 22 second-half points, when you come back from that far down and you get submarined by a kicker, hey, Harry, how are you? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Um, good. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man, so I, it's funny. I was waiting to call in. I, I talked about yesterday, and then I saw the news that they signed uh, – or they're going to sign Bailey. I guess it hasn't cleared yet for physical or whatnot. But, you know, what what I'm keep interested in is I watched um, uh, Carlson's postgame comments, and, and, and look, you could tell the kid was obviously just destroyed. I mean, he had nothing else to say. But what I found interesting was that he kept saying that we're going to have a look at it, you know, like, you know, either tonight (laughs) or tomorrow. Yes. My thing is these – these teams have so much technology now. They have Surface tablets and iPads that show them plays, you know, like five seconds after they're done. They're, they're, they're pushing pictures and video uh, from the booth to the sideline. Why isn't Prefer being looked at at all for, you know, like did he even say anything to the kid? Like why hasn't Prefer even spoken about what happened? You know, and on top of that, you had the block punt for the touchdown. Yes, you're right. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm with I, you, Harry. Kinda, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. Yep. Right, but anyway, guys, Thanks. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's, it's weird, man. It, it really is. Appreciate the call. Uh, he's exactly right. He's exactly right because yeah. th- don't forget this team cut Quigley sort of weird. And I know that, that uh, that's the only one I don't understand either. And, and it, I know it's just a punter, but is it just me or does this, this punter hold the ball for a really long period of time? That, I, that I, I, you're on your own on that with okay. that one. I can't, I, I don't Here's know. Here's why I think he does. The Packers immediately put pressure on, on the punt that they blocked Sunday as if they had seen something in the San Francisco game. And then when I watched the kid mm. hold the ball, it felt like, but Harry's right. Mike Prefer, Mike Prefer has to factor into this conversation now because he was the one who said that he would work with Walsh and it worked for about a year. He was the one who said a lot of different things about, you know, I'll work with Walsh and now I'll work with Carlson. So, yes, I think the next place that we need to turn our attention and things need to turn around quickly is definitely Viking special teams and coordinator Mike Prefer. Uh, we'll be back after this. Uh, Ryan Longwell, who kicked for the Vikings for a few years and was actually very good and very consistent, will join us next to talk about the art of kicking and actually getting it right. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackie will join the show at 4 o'clock. Judd and Manny Hill uh, until then. uh, Mackie at 4, Matthew Collar at 5. And joining us right now, a guy who spent uh, 16 seasons kicking in the National Football League including his final six with the Vikings. Ryan Longwell, how are you, sir? Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Good to be here. Hey, how, uh, as a guy who kicked for a long time on Lambeau Field and probably really enjoyed days like Sunday where it's 80 and there's very little wind and the grass is in good shape, how difficult was that uh, for you to see Daniel Carlson miss not one but two but three field goals in that game? Yeah, I think just as a uh, as a kicker and as a you know fellow cohort in the profession, I mean it's painful to see guys go through what he went through and kind of what he went through from day one. You know when he got there, and there's a lot of pressure on draft picks. I mean, you know, obviously I beat one out in Green Bay to win the job there, so it's just a different animal. It's not like kicking in college. It is so different, and a lot of these kids come in and are just set up 
for disaster. And you can kind of see it coming from a mile away, but as you said, I mean, you just don't get days like yesterday in Lambeau. I mean, days with a calm wind, 80 degrees, the ball's flying, and with the grass perfect, everything's sitting up. And so those are the days you have to take advantage of as a kicker. And, and my mindset, whether, you know, a Packer or a Viking, you have to take advantage of those days because you know you're going to hit great balls in November, December that are going to miss just because of the weather and the wind or whatever. So you've got to get ahead of the sticks, so to speak, early in your stats. And so, you know, to start off the season uh, with that many missed kicks uh, is, is painful to watch. Knowing what you know about this team, and Brad, obviously in 2006, Ryan brought you here, but Rick came along shortly after, and uh, you, you did kick for Prefer. What's your what's your thought process on the theories of this franchise? Because, you know, after Blair Walsh, who replaced you, I really thought they'd probably say to themselves, this SEC kicker type of guy who struggled in his last year, who we think we can fix, we probably shouldn't go down that route again. And what amazed me was they did it so quickly. I mean, Carlson, Auburn kid, struggled in last year, big leg, seemingly a really good kid as well. But when, when you see that, and knowing what you know about this franchise, give me your, your thoughts on the fact that they seem to sort of force the same narrative for a second consecutive time, only this time with a Super Bowl-type team. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of avenues there. One is that, um, you know, I know, remember Ron Wolf. you know, three, four, five years into my Packer career had come up and said the biggest mistake I made was – trusting a big school experience, meaning Brett Conway had gone to Penn State, who he thought was more pressure, bigger school. So that translated into going into the NFL with more, you know, so to speak, you know, more like kind of grit, you know, ready to go. And that was clearly not the case with that. And so what I see from the Vikings is, is quite simple. I mean, I was brought there purely for one sole reason, and that they had had a carousel of kickers and they came after me when I was free from the Packers and said, we want to solidify this position. And so, you know, that's what I did for, for six years there. Um, you know, including me, you know, with Coach Prefer, and I think Priest one of the best special teams coaches in the league. I mean, I, I really believe that. But this is their sixth guy now with Dan Bailey in five years. or you know, they're, I mean, their fifth guy in six years. So clearly there's a trend there that, um, you know, the, the coaching and the approach – and how you speak to the guys and, and how you get through to the guys is, is not working. Now, you know, that can be a hundred different things. But for me, as I've told you, you know, a ton of times when I've talked to you on the show or, in, you know, in the locker room or whatever, there is a rhythm and a cadence and a timing and a routine that has to be prevalent in a kicker. And the whole goal of every kid I work with, every person I work with in the NFL, every person I talk to, I always say, the whole goal is not to make it. The whole goal is to last. So it's easy to ride a hot streak. It's easy to have one good year. But you want to have, you know, years and years and years of consistency. And, you know, I mean, I, I go back to myself. I mean, I was into my fifth year in the NFL before I missed two back-to-back kicks. So you have to be able to self-correct. You have to be able to do that. And that is something, quite frankly, that cannot be fixed with a stopwatch and a remote control in slow motion. You need to understand that if you've been between the hashes and you know what the pressure's like and you know what it feels like, 
it's it's honestly it's a different language than if you just learned it from watching a video or think you can analyze it by watching tape and slow mo. It's just a different animal. And so what I saw is I saw Blair Walsh go through the same thing. And when I was talking to him and through his struggles, you know, it was the same wording that I'm using with you. It's the rhythm. It's the routine. It's slow things down. It's don't go so fast. It's hit a smooth ball, not a hard ball. And the same thing I saw with Carlson through the preseason, and obviously it shows up when you need it most of yesterday, is that, you know, you don't miss three balls in the same exact location um, just by accident, you know, and so that's clearly you have to be able to talk to the guy. And, and I personally think, I mean, I know it's, it's hard to get trust back in the locker room when you miss that many kicks. I, I totally get that aspect of it and probably agree with some aspect of that. But at the same time, I think the right person speaking into his ear with the right things, I think it was a fixable issue. I think it was a fixable thing that could have uh, you know, been prevented if he was told the right thing. And, you know, clearly it just uh, blew up at the worst possible time in Lambeau yesterday. So, Ryan, it, what what can typically go wrong if if you have a kicker like what we had with Daniel Carlson yesterday where he misses three kicks in a row? What was he doing? Was he just kicking the ball wrong? How, how does that how does that happen? Because obviously you kicked in the league for a long time and, and you were a very good kicker for a long time. How do, how does that happen for a guy to miss a kick like that three times in a row in the same game, two times in overtime? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I will always fall back on, there's no such thing in a, as an easy kick and there's no such thing as a chip shot. But as a pro, you're expected to hit the ball where you're aiming. And natural, whether you're in golf, whether you're in volleyball, whether you're in basketball, whether you're in football and kicking, your natural tendency as an athlete is when things get pressure and when you feel more pressure, you naturally speed up. So you mm-hmm. go faster, you talk faster, everything's faster, and everything gets jittery and, and you know, kind of out of control. And so the best of the best and the best coaches – they know how to keep the calm and keep everything in rhythm. And so when you miss one, there's no panic on the next one. You still slow it back down. And so what you do is everything speeds up. And so when you speed up, you try to swing harder. And when you swing harder, your leg comes through, your head goes down lower, you keep your head, eyes on the ball too long, and everything gets jammed. And so when everything gets jammed going faster, things miss high and right or they miss low left. That's the, it's two misses that are the same exact problem. And that's the one thing that, that most, you know, most coaches don't understand. And I just feel so bad for a lot of these you know, high school and college coaches that are going to these kicking camps that are taught how to kick but are not taught how to be a kicker. And there's a very, very big difference in those two things. And so when you start diving your head, keep your eyes on the ball, and then it goes lower, and then you go faster, and then you start swinging harder – Everything happens that it goes right, like you know, like uh, Daniel did yesterday, or you hit the low left one, like Blair did, you know, against the Seahawks. And so those things always show up in the worst possible time when you need it most. And it's like I said, it's very fixable, but it's something you can't fix with a stopwatch in the slow mo video. So Ryan, how far are things gone? Uh, because I'm, I'm going to give you a Walsh and Carlson comparison that were nearly identical. Not in the direction that they missed, but how they, they missed. 
Uh, Walsh's one of Walsh's first kicks against the Titans in Week One a few years back, and Carlson's first kick yesterday, which went wide right, were going to different counties. So we're not talking about you missed right. You missed so far right that it looks like something has gone wrong, drastically wrong. How do you pull that back if you can, and and what is that in, in indicator of? Because those in those two cases, they didn't look like professional kicks. Yeah, so, you know, the worst – this is totally ironic, but unless you've been there, you don't understand this. The worst coaching point ever in kicking is keep your head down. Like, it's the worst coaching point ever because – all it does is it sequentially gets things out of rhythm, out of routine, and causes havoc on where you make contact on the ball. And so uh, the natural thing is for every coach that hates their kicker or every coach that's goofing around or every media person that's trying to, you know, oh, just anybody can kick is why don't you just keep your, just keep your eye on the ball? And so what that does is it actually forces you – your rib cage and your head down too far. And so when your leg's coming up, your rib cage actually blocks your right leg. I'm using a right footed kicker, obviously. It blocks your right leg from following through. So it basically, your straight, if you can um, understand it, 12 o'clock is we're aiming right down the middle of the uprights. The more your head goes down, the more your quote unquote straight becomes like at one o'clock and two o'clock. And three, you know, not quite three o'clock, but then when you start really swinging hard with the pressure and you're a guy that's got to get the ball off fast and you're told we need the ball up and out of there, up and out of there, get it off, get it off, get it off. Then all of a sudden that miss that just barely misses right becomes that two to two thirty miss that all of a sudden is barely catching the net. And so it's one of those things where, like I said, the most, every single kid I work with, it's very little technique. It's all rhythm and timing and approach because there are several ways. If you look at Robbie Gold versus myself versus uh, Phil Dawson versus Adam Vinatieri, there are several ways to kick a ball, but there are a few things that all the best ones do every single time. And one of those things is their head position and eye position is absolutely perfect to allow the leg to swing through and start the ball where you're aiming because let's not kid ourselves. If you can't start the ball where you're aiming, you got no chance. And then you add pressure on top of that and it's a snowball that's going downhill and you, you just can't stop it. Ryan, how big of a deal is the old Ray Finkel from Ace Ventura rule of laces out? How much does that actually play a role in everything? A huge deal. I mean, just as much as the snap is, the hold is, um, you know, there's a uh, ep- epidemic in college football now where, once again, special teams coaches that don't know kicking, they're told they're telling the holders nowadays a lot of times, you just get it down, it's his job to make it. Just get it down, it's his job to make it. So what that does is a football has naturally got drag because of the laces. So if the laces are right, there's going to be more drag on the one side of the ball. The ball's going to tail that way. If the ball's, you know, if the laces are left, the ball's going to tail that way because of the drag of the ball going through the air, not as aerodynamic. And so it's a huge deal with just how the ball flies, but also the lean is a huge deal because the lean dictates how it fits on your foot. And if the ball doesn't fit on your foot, it doesn't fly properly. And my whole thing is if you can't fly the ball between 12 and 6 o'clock, so that perfect end over end rotation, you're going to struggle in the wind and you're going to struggle mightily because, you know, kind of circling back, for the Vikings to have, you know, Dan Bailey be their 
you know, fifth kicker in six seasons. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's no easy kick, so I'm not saying that. But fifth kicker in six seasons in one of the easier places to kick in the league, being a dome, then, you know, that kind of, uh, to me, it says a lot more about the approach than it does about the guys because there's been a lot of guys that have come through there, myself included, that, uh, you know, are part of the ability to the, kick the ball through the uprights. They've done it before, so why can't they do it at that level? And uh, to me, it goes back to the wrong words and the wrong kind of approach mm-hmm. is being used. Last thing, if Rick was to hire you as a consultant tomorrow or you, you were to accept a job as a GM of a National Football League team, Ryan, would you ever draft a kicker? Well, I don't think you need to. I mean, I, I, but I would certainly, in my opinion, I mean, not tooting my own horn, uh, there are guys that I think are draftable that weren't drafted, and I think there are guys that have been drafted that I would not touch with a 10-foot pole. And it's just, you, like I said, you cannot analyze it through college stats. You can't analyze it through uh, – um, of, you know, slow-mo video and a stopwatch. I mean, it's one of those things where I can look at a guy and in two kicks know if he's got a chance. And then 10 kicks later, if I'm talking to him, if he's made adjustments, then there may be a chance that it can be fixed. But like I said, a lot of these kids, you know, going to NFL combine training and, and even the, the camps growing up, uh-huh. um, they're just being taught the wrong things. And so if I was a consultant, I think I could help the cause. Uh, if I was a, a GM... Um, there's a lot of good kickers out there that, you know, I, I don't think a sixth or seventh round is a throwaway um, to, to draft a really good kicker. Um, but uh, I certainly, anything above that, man, you better study that guy inside and out. And it better be someone who's kicked before that's studying that guy, not some guy that's never, ever kicked a football in his life. Thank you, sir. Great stuff. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan Longwell, who uh, kicked 16 years in the National Football League, including his last six with the Vikings, was really probably the last completely consistent kicker that this team had. And I was compared play or kicking to playing golf, which was be nice and easy and free with your kicking motion. Don't run up to the ball as quick as possible and close your eyes and kick it, which is what we have seen far touch. But his stuff, he's exactly right. And so and, much of it is mental. And this is the problem. The Vikings are drafting and employing kickers based on people who don't know kicking. And you might say to yourself, well, it's kicking. Who cares? Well, I'll tell you who cares. Vikings fans right now, because you missed three yesterday, and it was a self-induced problem. And let's not blame the kid as much as we blame the people who drafted that kid. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. Seven minutes in front of the hour in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd rolls on. Quick look at your traffic brought to you by It's Just Lunch. 94 eastbound. We have a crash slowing things down by five minutes. That's uh, in Maple Grove near Weaver Lake Road. Also, 494 crash. Eight-minute delay between Baker Road and Excelsior Boulevard. Look out for a crash there. Slowing things down. Uh, and also 35W southbound, a crash slowing things down by eight minutes between Stinson and Hennepin in Lauderdale. Look out for a crash there. Judd? I haven't got to this yet, but uh, pretty interesting news out of Cleveland. If you saw 
Cleveland Browns announced um, the story was on Saturday. Josh Gordon was late for a practice and had gone to some type of promotional shoot at which he hurt his hamstring. And the Browns subsequently said that they were going to release Josh Gordon, which, of course, I don't think we're getting all the details here. But the off-troubled wide receiver who's unbelievably talented, the Browns said, we're done with him. Caught a touchdown in the first game. Yeah, and then the Steelers. And then and then not surprisingly, a few teams started calling and saying, if you're done with them, we'll let's talk trade. We'll talk trade. Uh the breaking news that has is out there now is the Browns have indeed dealt Josh Gordon to the no surprise. New England Patriots for a conditional fifth round pick per multiple reports. Uh Patriots love guys like this and uh, he can certainly help them. And the thing the Patriots seem to have the rule of is if you come here and you're a distraction or causes problems, you're just done. But the Patriots have long uh, taken what are perceived as being chances, including going back to Randy Moss after things didn't work out for him in Oakland. Uh, Chad Johnson, I believe. Ocho Cinco, they took a chance on. That didn't really work out. Albert Hansworth, it didn't work out. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, Josh Gordon uh, is going to from Cleveland to the Patriots. What Longwell said, a a lot of great stuff there. But Manny, what I think is most interesting my takeaway from what he told us is and he's exactly right in 2018 how you can have nobody who really understands kicking in your building i.e a kicking coach is absolutely crazy hockey's got goaltender coaches goaltenders are goofy and so or they used to be and so hockey's got coaches but everything he went through he basically ryan told us that carlson was probably salvageable but they got it to such a point where they just said, we can't fix it. And I'm glad that they released Carlson. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have. Needed to. But for them not to have fixed this at all and to have drafted him is essentially malpractice towards a very important part of your football team. Was he was he missing kicks during training camp? Yes. Like in practices? Was he yes. just hooking? Was he just pushing everything to the right then too? Uh, I went to a practice one day during training camp in which he missed one or two kicks during a drill. And I want to say it was wide right, but don't hold me to that. And then he went to a side field and was trying and, and was doing it with the the holder T type of deal mm-hmm. where you put the, the football on the holder instead of actually having a human being do it. And he missed a few more and he looked, he looked pretty lost. And Mike Prefer... From what Ryan was saying, basically can't help him. Or if he's trying to help him, he's going about it the wrong way. This is a very specialized, these are very interesting people with a very specialized pressure-packed job. And what I heard Longwell tell us was the Vikings really haven't given these guys, not just Carlson, but going back to Blair Walsh and a list of guys, probably the necessary help and tools to be as successful as possible as something that, with a job that can cost you games and and it costs them a win on Sunday. And again, if you're going to invest a draft pick, I know, especially a draft pick that you traded up for, you traded up for a kicker. Invest in him. It's the same thing I say with like Tibbs and the Wolves and the young players. If you're going to draft these guys, invest in them. Make sure that they're going to be good enough for you because at some point, you're going to need them. At some point, if you're Mike Zimmer, you're going to need your field goal kicker, your place kicker, to make kicks. He needed he needed Daniel Carlson to make three of them yesterday. No, he needed to make one. Yeah. He well, could have yeah, gone, gone yeah, one of three. If we're being honest, yeah, he just needed to make the three. last one. Could have gone one of three. Make either of those overtime kicks in the game 
would have been done because the Packers, now the game would not, if the Vikings after that first drive had gotten the Carlson kick, the game does not end on that now, but the Packers' subsequent drive stalled out. He needed to make one of three, and he couldn't do it. And for that, the Vikings are at fault. And it's interesting because his counterpart yesterday, Mason Crosby, he had a pretty bad year a few years ago. He did. And they were ready to pull the plug on him. And he, now at that point, he had established himself as a pretty good kicker. He just had a bad year. He just, for whatever reason that year, he just didn't have it. But he fixed himself. And that might have been something, they might have done something. But you just, you have to figure this out. Like, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna figure this out, then yeah, go get Dan Bailey. Go get a guy who knows what he's doing out yep. there. So uh, Carlson has been cut. Bailey is on his way here for a physical. I'm assuming that he will sign uh, shortly here. The Vikings will have a new kicker on Sunday. We will have another person in studio next. Mackie joins the show. Mackie, Judd, Manny, TCL Broadcast Studios. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Woo! on 1500 ESPN.